Welcome to the 373rd consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy who's not really all that sure about that number because we've been going so many consecutive weeks straight that I'm just lost and confused. Speaking of someone who's lost and confused, here's your co-host, Matt. Where am I? What am I doing? It is, in fact, by the way, 373 this week. That's 373 consecutive weeks that we have been doing this show, Matt. That's math. That's good math. You're doing math. I don't know if it's doing math or if that's just that's how it is now (laughs) you're doing math (laughs) math has done me oh yeah math has definitely done me real hard and and not friendly at all (laughs) the overwork underpaid and underappreciated matt psyop everybody (laughs) goddamn math always making me think in numbers and then they put letters in it and shit and you're like what the fuck math (laughs) fucking not needed and then there's unique identifiers that are provided so that the math can then be stored away into rows and columns this is horse shit Rows? Columns? Fuck, it's just math. The minute we got weirder than division is the minute we should have stopped. But humanity gets farther and farther away from God's love. Pray to God, that's what assholes do. (laughs) Hey, fuckers, religion's bullshit. God's not real. I said that under duress. If you pray, you're an asshole. (laughs) Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. To math. (laughs) At least this week, finally, with Jack the Ripper from 1959, a French film written by Jimmy Sangster, who did a ton of Hammer films, wrote several of them, like pretty much the bulk of the run of Hammer films. He wrote like a good portion of them and then also directed a handful of uh, films here and there himself. Jimmy Sangster did. Uh, Continued to write up until like his, I guess, death in like 2000 or so. (laughs) I guess he died? (laughs) I I mean, yeah, 2011. He died in 2011. So he must have retired in 2000, but he had credits going all the way as a writer up until 2000. He was writing things, whether it's a documentary series or working on Ripley's Believe It or Not. He was a workman who worked and worked and worked. The dude started writing stuff as far back as 1956. He wrote some screenplays and he Jesus was Christ. He was he there in there too, didn't he? Yeah, he was there at some of the earliest stuff, uh, writing some of the earliest stuff that uh, Hammer Films did. And the reason that I'm bringing that up now is the whole time I'm watching this 1959 Jack the Ripper, I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, this feels like a Hammer film only done by the French. Well, yeah. there's a really good reason for that. It's because the guy who wrote most of the Hammer films in that time frame in the late 50s, early 60s, also wrote this. And it really shows. It really has that feel of a Hammer film just kind of done in French. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's great. <laughs> it, I mean, I, I won't even bury it after weeks and weeks and weeks of the horse shit. It's finally something to get something decent, yeah. you know. And this was another one of those sort of blind buy or blind chose to put on the show. This was a Blu-ray that was given to me by Severn Films along with something else that I purchased because when they did the restoration, they couldn't get... Um, Uh, elements that were basically nice enough for them to be able to sell it as its own thing. So they just basically started giving it away to to the folks. But they did spend the time to fix it up and try and get the best version of this and the most complete version of this because being a French film, it gets a bit risque. It does get a bit risque. I'm I'm not used to seeing that kind of stuff in black and white. (laughs) And it's nice to have a thank you movie moment or two left in the movie. So it's Jack the Ripper from 1959. Like I said, it's a French film. And Do you think because it's a French 
film, they should have named it Jacques the Ripper. Well, actually, it's like uh, Jacques Le. I can't yeah. pronounce it because it's French. Is the I actual just put title. down Jacques? It's, it's Jacques <laughs> the Ripper. Okay, well, however you want to go about that. Um, <laughs> according to IMDb, you can watch it for free on Freevee, which is probably with commercials, but you can see it that way. Or if yeah. you were lucky enough to get that uh, Blu-ray just kind of handed to you with a purchase, like I did. I don't even know what it was that I I got this along with, but I know that Severn handed it out because it's got a Severn logo on the cardboard case that this came in. But anyway, enough talking around Jack the Ripper. The music this week will also be written about Jack the Ripper, obviously. I mean, it's a pretty famous case, so there's (laughs) there's tons of pop culture shit about Jack the Ripper. And there's tons of adaptations from all sorts of walks of life from all different countries about Jack the Ripper. And every single one of them has one thing in common in that they want to put a face to the killer that no one knows what they look like for real. Yes, exactly. The only thing that's ever universally accepted is he had a weird top hat and shit like that. <laughs> well, and also the whole Mary Kelly, Mary Clark thing, like yeah, asking Mary about Clark. Mary when he was yeah. being there. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. Anyway, this week it's all Jack the Ripper uh, songs from various different types of bands and uh, music. Some of it garage rock, some of it metal, some of it like the frantic Flintstones is rockabilly psychobilly. So that's what's up first. The frantic Flintstones with their song, Jack the Ripper, right after this. Hey everyone, this is Kevin. As many of you probably have heard, Bo will be heading back to school to become a teacher. Congratulations, Bo. As such, I'll be taking over the reins, managing, and spreading the good word of Legion Podcasts. To kickstart things off, as an added thank you for patrons, Legion plans to have Steam Code giveaways for current Patreon backers. A random person will be picked from the Patreon, and the winners can choose from the available Steam Codes. Thank you so much for supporting Legion Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter or the Legion Discord group. My username is at LonelyBob. See you around. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now... Back to the cutting room.
Well, I don't know how accurate that is to the actual Jack the Ripper, because I'm pretty sure he was not having sex with the corpses after mutilating them. But hey, what do I know? They didn't have evidence to be able to gather that sort of thing back then. Hey, sometimes you got to, you know, make something your own. And that's what they just did. (laughs) (laughs) Not that there aren't serial killers that are definitely having sex with their victims after they're already dead. That definitely happens. But did you you check out that movie I told you about with the uh, necrophilia? I'm saving it for now because October is upon us. This is the second day in October, Ah. and I'm I'm doing my Halloween viewings now, or my Halloween Ah. related viewings and horror movie viewings. There you go. So I'm saving it specifically for that because a lot of that takes place on Halloween night. But I found it. It's on Amazon Prime, everybody, and it's called Bad Candy. Really easy to get your hands on. Yeah, it's it's really it's something. (laughs) (laughs) From what I can tell, it looks like it might be ultra low budget, and that's not the movie that we're talking about this week. We're talking about Jack the Ripper from 1959. Jack the Ripper, the first 20 minutes. Uh, we see a lady. She uh, she heads out of a store. Uh, there's a guy there with a little monkey because you know back then in France everyone had a small monkey. Um, well, actually, there were organ grinders that they had monkeys that would be with them, and the monkeys would sometimes take the tip with the cups or what have you, and that's what they're referencing. There were actually people that that's how they made their living. Wow, oh, that's that's good for them. Um, and so she's like, oh, that's cute. And she feeds it a little bit. And then she walks and she stopped by a man who we know is the Ripper. He asks if she is Mary Clark and then starts killing her. He asks if she uh, is Mary Clark, then asks yeah. if she knows Mary Clark or has seen Mary Clark and then yeah. starts murdering her. Yes. Yeah. So then we cut to it's a police station and the kind of the night watchman. He's talking to this old lady who's obviously drunk and she's mad because a person was uh, disrespectful and then stiffed her on a bill, um, you know, for for all that kind of stuff. Yeah, she's an elderly hooker who was disrespected by her would-be John who refused to pay her, and she assaulted him for not paying her, and that's what she's talking about here. Uh, She's hammered. It's important to note the other lady was pretty hammered as well. Jack has gone after a certain type of woman so far. Yes. Um, So uh, they're they're just talking, and then this other man comes in and wants to speak to Inspector O'Neill. He goes in, and he's a very important guy from Scotland Yard, and the old lady's like, up. The Ripper must have struck again. Well, uh, anyway, our main inspector, O'Neill, is talking to this guy, and the guy's kind of being a, you know, bitch to him. And so Inspector O'Neill tells him how it is. He goes, you know, I've not left this office in, like, six days. I think I've, I've slept six hours. And he's like, oh, my cops are working night and day. And then, you know, we have you guys telling us how shitty everything is. He also he goes, says you know, that he's slept a total of six hours in the last couple of days, all of them in the chair in his desk. Yeah. And he's like, and, you know, people might be leaving the force because you know why would they want to stick around um and so then you know the guy calms down he's like yeah you're right and he goes it's just the council and he's like what are we gonna you know what are we gonna tell him and uh he goes we'll just tell him that we're still investigating it as we always you know do uh so then uh that other like shift cop comes in he goes hey like there's trouble at this bar they think there's gonna be some trouble like there's people starting some static so we cut to there's a guy in this bar and these other people are talking to him like a whole group and they're like we think you're jack the ripper because he's been asking questions about jack the ripper he said i just got into town this morning from america so how could i be jack the ripper and they want to beat the shit out of him they're gonna cut him up and he's fighting him off pretty good uh and then when the guy goes to really cut him uh one of the lady bartenders hits him over the head with a bottle uh, the 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 dude who's gonna do the cutting and then o'neill comes in and he reads everyone the riot act and tells him get the fuck out of there and this other guy comes up to the American, whose name is Sam, and he goes, hey, you handled yourself well in a justice suit, and O'Neill's like, give it back to him, he's a friend of mine, he goes, oops, sorry, and he stole this watch, because, you know, fuck him, right? <laughs> so... 
Well, they're basically showing how rough and tumble this area, Whitechapel of London, actually was by, you know, the denizens being violent and apparently drunk all the time and wanting to fight. And then also just a bunch of pickpockets. So it's a den of thieves, women of ill repute, and drunken men in this very Whitechapel area. Sounds like a good time. (laughs) Well, yeah, if that's the sort of thing that you're into, yeah, it probably would be a good time, save for Jack the Ripper slicing women up. Well, yeah, that's not a good time. So (laughs) that's why the drunkards at the bar are so pissed off and desperate to get rid of Jack because it's ruining everybody's good time. Yeah, right. So so O'Neill and his friend Sam are talking and he's like, hey, now I don't owe you anymore. You you saved my life in New York. I saved your life here. He's like, why? uh, I didn't think a cop could afford to come here. And uh, Sam says, I can't. Uh, My department's paying for it. Everyone's really interested in this case of Jack the Ripper and they want me to kind of just come here and see how everything's going and how your investigation's going. And the guy's like, good, because I need all the help I can get at this point. Uh, Then we cut to, they're walking out and they see this lady. She's coming up to a dance club and she's late for her first day and the owner kind of reads her the riot act and sends her inside o'neill walks up and says she's you know she's brand new she's young he's like listen if anything happens to her anything at all he's like i'm gonna beat the living shit out of you to the owner like don't don't let anything happen to her he even describes the specific tools he will he's gonna break bottles and glasses tables and chairs over this guy's head if anything happens to this new girl yeah yeah um so then um, we cut to a young lady named Anne, and she's going to visit her uncle, who's a doctor at the, the hospital there. Uh, but he's out. So, you know, no one, uh, she runs into another doctor, and he's like, yeah, we're trying to look for him for a surgery that's going to be coming up soon. And she's like, oh, I'll go visit his assistant. And she talks to her assistant, and the assistant's like, you shouldn't be out this late. She goes, I'm going to have to be, because, you know, she wants to take over for her when that assistant uh, quits or retires. Um, so then we cut to... Um, uh, the lady who hit the guy at the bar, her name's Helen. Uh, and she's leaving that night. And as she leaves, she gets confronted by the guy who she hit out in the head. And she's like, hey, get away from me. Inspectors are all around. And they would come if I screamed. And that freaks the guy out enough. And as she's leaving, uh, the she runs right into Jack the Ripper. In which kills her. And that's the end of the first 20 minutes. So you already get in really good with this movie. It's not a long movie anyway. It's about an hour 25. And it already gives you some one-two punches. It's good shit already. I like how they handle the murders where they're horrific. Yet they don't show you the details that would push this into an obscene rating. Or not being able to be shown except for like illegal illegal showings or viewings. Whatever in 1959. You know they're being butchered. Even even when he's strangles them to death he then butchers them after the fact and the way that they do it is playing it on the fear in the actress's faces as they're being strangled or whenever he stabs them first or whatever because sometimes he would stab them first and then strangle them in this version of jack the ripper and sometimes he would strangle them first and then stab them yeah depends but- upon whether or not they would get ready to scream for help or if he had time to play around with stabbing them first basically like the first victim we see he was able to stab first yeah. because he had time to play around and do what he needed to do with her he needed to silence her right away so that's why he started strangling her so she couldn't scream for help yeah exactly it's definitely pretty well shot especially for what it's being done in black and white and i was actually pretty surprised at just how far they would push things for black and white in 1959 but they do in this film they really kind of go there yeah they really i mean it's it's surprising already when you start out how, how how willing they are to go you know for even that time frame yeah it's very believable violence and it feels like the kind of thing that you would 
would see in late 70s made for TV movies where they would push the envelope just about as far as they could go for broadcast. You know? Yeah, like exactly. It's, it feels a lot like that. And it's even more surprising for given the time frame that this film was shot in, except for the fact that it was shot in France. And then you realize it's a little bit more artistically done. And then you start backtracking all of those various thoughts because progression. Yes, of course. <laughs> we, we can move on. I'm fine. <laughs> no, all right, cool. Um, so anyway, the doctor, uh, who is this lady's uncle, he gets in for the surgery. He's late. And you can see he has the same bag as the butcher. And he's kind of dressed how the butcher, or, uh, uh, the, uh, ripper is dressed. And, but I mean, that's not all that uncommon for that time frame either. No, he was dressed uh, he, like all gentlemen who are also yeah. doctors roaming yes, around. And he carries his medical bag and we know the ripper has one of those. And this is the day and age when doctors would make house calls at all hours yeah. anyway. So yes. it's not that surprising somebody would be dressed like a doctor and roaming around at that time of night. And, but he also seems stressed out. Uh, so he seems like he's got a lot of a lot of things on his mind. Yeah, they try to Agatha Christie throw in a lot of different suspects being very yeah. sus. All of them yeah. in this hospital. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's kind of everyone's a suspect. So <laughs> thank you, Jamie Kennedy, in the only role where you weren't really that annoying. Yeah, right. Jesus Christ. And even then, uh, yeah. Like uh, I said, the only role where you weren't that annoying. Yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. So then uh, they they start to perform the surgery. Then we cut to a drunk is walking through the streets. He finds Helen. He's like, hey, why are you sleeping? Come on, let me help get you home. Realize there's blood and he starts yelling and down the streets the ripper is struck again. Uh, in the operating room, the windows are open. It's, you know, that's just a weird thing. It's, and the doctor's like close, you know, he hears it and he looks even more, you know, really just affected by the drunk yelling that so he wants the windows closed. Um, so it makes you even think, oh, what, what, what's wrong with you, big gun? Why, why you got so many problems? Also, operating and opening people up with the windows open in Whitechapel is probably a bad idea considering what might be floating on the air in there. Right? It's, uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, you can get dysentery easier by, you know, just going to the source. Um... Anyway, uh, a mob, of course, collects around the body. Uh, the cops are checking it out, and while they are, they're just getting fucking dragged by the crowd. Like, ah, eh, cops, they always show up after the barn door's already been open. Like, all that shit. Kind of all the shit that's said about them today. <laughs> uh, I I have um I have some clips from that that I loosely translated with some AI. Are you ready? Yep. All cops are bumbling dummies. Yeah. To hell with yeah, the that's kind of what it is. I'm going to stockpile all my guns because cops don't help you. That's also true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I the you, the AI had to use your voice for some reason when I re, when I turn those it's, clips from French into English. It's always weird that sees how that always fucking goes, isn't it? <laughs> hmm. Mighty convenient. <laughs> well, I'm not going to program an AI to be in my voice. What do you think I am? Weird. Well, yeah, because I think you would do that actually. Well, that and also fuck you, Matt. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> that's also true. Uh, but that is the equivalent of what they were basically yelling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're back into the hospital, and the operation's been completed, and that same doctor gives uh, this guy who I just nicknamed Lurch, bigger dude, but he's kind of, you know, not all there. Oh, his name was uh, Herring. Red Herring. Herring. Yeah, Herring. Red Herring. Yeah, right. Uh, well, anyway, he gives Red Herring another knife to... Well, one Red Herring gives another Red Herring uh, another knife to clean that was in his bag. The other doctor looks at him kind of like, why, why did you have why did that one dirty? And he stated how he had to use it. I couldn't really tell for what. Oh, he lanced a carbuncle, and then the guy said that, that might, you might as well be using, like, hedge trimmers oh, to yeah. clip your toenails or something like that, where, like, that knife was overkill for lancing a carbuncle. And he said yeah. it was all he had, and he had to use what he had at the time. Ah, uh, right. So, um... <laughs> wow, my memory's almost come 
coming back after COVID. Oh, fuck. Yeah, thankfully. That's, that's nice. Finally. That's good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, the head of the hospital, Sir David, he comes uh, to the body. We're back to the body now. And his name's Sir David. He comes back and he says he'll perform the autopsy. No need to wait for the ambulance. Just have some men pick up the body, bring it to the hospital. It's not far. So later on, uh, the doctor uh, who's kind of did the surgery, he's talking to his niece and he really does not want her to work there or take over that job. It's not a job for a lady, uh, in his opinion. Uh, and, uh, but however, D- Sir David walks in and he's like, hey, I, you know, I, I'll be gl- we'll be glad to have her. It'll be nice to have another pretty face in the office. And you're like, Jesus Christ, dude, that's like fucking a HR levels of horseshit you just did. Yeah, but the time frame that this is coming in, he could probably force her to have sex with him and get away with it, too. Oh, terrible. Terrible. Yeah, morals were better back then, though, Matt, right? Well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, let's, we got to go back to when it was a simpler time. <laughs> mm, yeah. This is the simpler time that they're talking about when they want to go back to what morals were like. Yeah, right. And yeah, no thank you. Um. So anyway, the mob is now formed uh, in the uh, outside of the gates of the hospital. Um, they are uh, they see Lurch walking out there, and they start yelling at him that he's probably the Ripper. Um, Sir the David crowd basically the- is out there yelling "rabble, rabble" like a ton. Yeah, rabble, rabble. Yeah, rabble, rabble. Sir David meets with the cops, and after the autopsy, he says the killer is either a surgeon, a doctor, or a student, or even a butcher because of how they how he cuts into the body. The doctor and niece are leaving and they're like, you probably don't want to go out the front door. They meet the two cops and he gets really all pissy because Sam's an American who he won't even call American calls him colonial. Because, like, how know, is like, that an insult? Because you yeah. are a colonizing nation, England. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't, you sent them over there, you assholes. And well, he said, well, we we did win the Revolutionary War or something. And he goes, I'd be careful not to call it a war. And you're like, well, but it was. I mean, Jesus, you you English are still uh, fucking saucy about that, huh? God damn. Well, I guess this was only 1888. So. Yeah, like in the 1800s, I'm sure they were still kind of saucy about it. And you could probably yeah. meet a few of them that are saucy about it now, too, I'm sure. Yeah, pro- probably, yeah. <laughs> Most uh, of them don't want us back anymore now. No, I uh, well, I mean, but, you know, England has its own problems, much like in America, America has. <laughs> right, and Italy's reelected fascism again, yeah. so we have Unfortunately, that. everything's just coming apart at the seams. Fuck it. We had four years of fascism too that we kind of yeah. got rid of, but not really. So not really. It's We're in no around. place to talk. Yeah. No. No. Not at all. God. No. Jesus. Um. The world's an ugly place, and it hasn't gotten any better since 1880s. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Apparently not. And you know, America is just a bunch of cunts. So. Uh, anyway, America's uh, a bunch of cunts. They tell them, you probably shouldn't go out the front. And he goes, I can still defend myself. And they go out the front. And as the dull doctor's trying to go through the crowd, they won't really move. So he attacks them with his cane. And then there's a big fight. It's the, the same cops. guy that's causing problems everywhere and fucking people's shit up. It's yeah, that right? same guy that, that causes shit with the doctor, too. Yep. And... You know, the, everything goes nuts. The crops get them both out of there and get them behind the gate again. And they're like, okay, we'll go at the back door where a taxi's waiting. Like you probably should have done anyway. And as they're riding the taxi back, the old doctor says, you know, uh, he understands and he can't stop her from taking the job, but he won't support her in doing so either. Um, the mob, as they're kind of pushing towards the gate, uh, the two women kind of knock into one another and they start fighting. So the mob kind of turns their attention away from the hospital and to the, the two women fighting, of course. I don't know what the 1880s equivalent is to someone screaming cat fight, but that's basically yeah. what the guys were screaming. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the feline encounter. 
Caesar or something. I don't know. So uh, the next day, uh, the, a council kind of drags all the cops about all the killings and everything, and that sucks. Um, so uh, as O'Neill comes out and selling other cops, Sam sees uh, uh, Anne, and they kind of talk and everything. And he's like, you know, I think it'd probably be helpful for me if I had a guide and all that. And she's like, yeah. Then she's like, well, do you want to meet up tonight? And he goes, yeah. So they make a date for the night. And so it's just a little moment because they, they have a thing. Uh, that night, she's getting ready and her uncle comes in. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go out with Sam. And he's like, oh, I don't approve of you being with a cop. But he really means an American. It's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. And that's the end of that 20 minutes is her getting ready and Sam getting there to pick her up. So, uh, again, they pack a lot into everything. Yeah, so not you don't a, really have a boring moment in this no, movie. not at all. There's not a boring moment in this film. It does move at a very deliberate pace that is basically how films were made in the 1950s. Yeah. And you can feel that runtime, especially since you have to pay very close attention to subtitles that move very quickly because they do not slow down their speech at all. Not at all. Yeah. And it's hard to get some of the information up out of the subtitles, especially if you're sitting there trying to write notes. There's going to be a lot of pausing going on for that. I had to back up a lot of the dialogue because I knew you might miss something. So yeah, I was making I, yeah, sure yeah, I paid yeah, attention to And I was trying to go as, as slow and as, as deliberate as possible to get everything. <laughs> yeah. That's a very densely packed 84 minute film. Absolutely. Yeah. And you pretty much nailed all the story points there. I don't really have anything to add. We haven't really gotten anything that needs to have any analyzation or discussion uh, as far as looking into, you know, deeper meanings of the film. This is just establishing your characters that are going to go looking for the Ripper at this point. Yes. Or who may be the Ripper. Right. It's moving around and around and we're not sure, but we know for sure it's someone in the hospital. And if they're overly sus, it can't be them. Yes. All right. So the next 20 minutes to start, they go to the dance hall um, where O'Neill threatened the guy, uh, the owner of it. They go to the dance hall and they're watching the girls dance and having a good time. And I believe that's you know, a can-can that what they're doing because it's yeah. like them showing off their ass and their fannies. Yes. Um, anyway, Sam sees the new girl who O'Neill and, and Anne's like, oh, who are you looking for? And he goes, this new girl that O'Neill told the owner to keep a close eye on. And he goes, there she is at the end. And then she goes, oh, there's two other men who seem to be looking at her as well. And we see these two other guys and they are paying for a private party later and they want the new girl and this other girl named Margaret. So then we go backstage and we see a ton of topless women. So thanks, movie. Yeah. Uh, this is women that are in a dressing room talking with each other, arguing with each other. Yeah. One woman's looking for gin to quote unquote stripper fingernail paint. And everyone's like, no, you just want to drink. And so everyone's like, you know, you, she's kind of being a bitch to everyone and everyone else is being a bitch to her. Like, we're not wasting stuff on you. All the while, the new girl is real concerned. You know, she doesn't know what to expect for this. And Margaret the other girl going with her doesn't want her to go she's like oh she's brand new what, what are you doing to her um but uh anyway then the girls kind of start a fight and we get another cat fight with topless women and uh, thank you movie yeah mega thank you movie not expecting this in a 1959 flick very yep. very happy to see various body types all natural boobs just flopping about on the screen awesome just awesome just great just, <laughs> just a good time just that was good good fun good I'm, fun I'm already so much more elated than I have been the last four weeks of doing this show. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, we're going to get into a part which isn't so cool. It's not so chill. Um, the private party, they get in there, and one guy goes off with uh, Margaret, you know, Maggie, and, you know, they're having fun. And this other guy gets real rapey with the new girl and tears her dress, and she runs he out. He does say something to her about how he likes it when they resist, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, she runs out and runs into the owner and she's like, fuck you, fuck this whole place, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And she runs and he sends somebody after her. As she's running, she runs into a man who's like, hey, uh, are you running from someone? She goes, yeah. And it's obviously the Ripper. And she goes, yes. And he goes, here, I'll hide you. And he hides her and then asks if she's Mary Clark. And, you know, that gets to the murdering. Uh, after she's killed, the guy who's looking for her finds her. Uh, and he's like, oh shit, you know, finds her dead so he starts running into the club that jack the ripper is struck again this causes everybody to kind of get up and leave and go check it out as they get out the uncle just happens to be around and he's like i'm coming to take you home you 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 should you never talks to sam you should have brought him here and she's like i brought him here so let's just settle it down but he's like come on we gotta go and sam's like it's it's probably for the best because i have to go to the crime scene uh, so they find the girl, the group gets to the girl, and as they're checking everything out, we see Lurch stumbles out, and he stumbles, and he spills a medical bag with a bunch of knives. Uh, the guys are like, he's had to have done it, let's get him. And they, he runs away, and they chase him, but they pick up knives to obviously stab him with. He gets to the gates of the hospital, but he can't get in, and right before they start to stab him, O'Neill shows up, breaks the guy's arm. Again, the same guy from all the way in the beginning who's causing all the shit, uh with the cops and everything. Uh, and O'Neill and Sam take uh, Lurch away. Uh, so then we cut to O'Neill getting yelled at by, you know, one of his superiors uh, that he hasn't, why isn't he arresting you know, We have the killer. Let's arrest him. And he goes, I don't think he's a killer. I put him in jail to protect him from the mob. And they kind of go back and forth until Sir David walks in and Sir David reads this guy the fucking riot act of how Lurch could no way in shape or form be the killer. Uh, you know, he's not that type and just really reads him the riot act like a motherfucker. Uh, that was good shit. Yeah, well, that's Jimmy Sangster's writing right there. Anyone who's seen a Hammer film knows that when someone's going to get a dressing down, it's going to be something that's gloriously written. <laughs> um, and so... You know, after reading him the riot act, he says, you know, he wants, uh, they want, he wants Lurch released. And the guy goes, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess he's not a killer. He's like, holy shit, I, I really pissed off the wrong guy. <laughs> and then we cut to O'Neill. He tears the club owner a new one and says, the fact that he's in another case right now is his only saving grace. But when he gets all, when this case is finished, he was going to want to find a new line of work because he's going to shut down that club for years. So, uh, the guy fucked up and, uh, O'Neill is, is like, like you're you're fucked. <laughs> Basically, he said as soon as the Jack the Ripper stuff is taken care of, he's going to make it his daily mission to do nothing but make this man's life misery for the rest of his years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, then later on. One of the uncle's patients, uh, who he operated on at the beginning of the movie, she wants to leave, even though the doctors are like, well, you, you, you probably shouldn't. You need to heal some. She goes, no, I need to get home. Uh, and so they're like, oh, yeah, well, we can't keep her. And so they'll let her go. Uh, but Anne says, promise me I can come visit you. And she's like, yeah, of course. Then we cut to the cops are, the detectives are working with the, uh, guy who found, uh, the new girl's body. And then remember, he actually heard the Ripper talk and he goes, he remembered the name mary clark and that's the end of that 20 minutes before we go into the final 25 all right so things are starting to come to a head the investigation is getting closer and closer to the ripper the ripper is being a bit more uh cavalier with the victim choosing and basically any woman who is out at any time past a certain time is basically a woman of ill repute to him and he's mm -hmm. killing them without even caring for any reason at all yes. all because of someone named mary clark because that's who he yeah. keeps referencing before he does the slashing yeah pretty much and, he, and he's looking for the 
this Mary Clark. So wants to find her. So and, and it's going to get good. If you have a very keen eye, you already know that who the, the guy that's all scarred faced and can't talk that Matt has been referring to as Lurch is definitely 100% a red herring. Yes. You know so for sure. Because he doesn't talk anyway. So And we've heard the Ripper talk, so we know for sure that he is not the person. And yeah. the Riot Act thing that was being read was basically all the doctors in the hospital carry these, you know, tools of their trade, any kind of surgeon in this time frame would be carrying scalpels and various other things with him because you never know in this day and age that they're living in when someone is going to need quick medical assistance. They all yeah. have it. They all carry bags and they all make house calls. And mm-hmm. especially the charity hospital that this guy is running, this uh, aristocratic sir, whatever the fuck his name is. Running. Sir David. Sir David is running. Yeah, they they have to be ready to be able to do this kind of stuff because they do get called out and all of that, you know, at moments notices. So that's basically the whole entirety of the riot act. But for those of you that have a keen eye, you should start really looking at some of the doctors at the hospital now a lot closer than what you were because their behavior gets more and more sus. And it's all of them at this point as we move forward. Yeah. Well, all right. So then we cut to a soup line and they find Mary Clark's father. And he's like, I haven't seen her for 10 years. Uh, she left with a man who looked like an upstanding, respectable man. And uh, but I haven't seen him since or seen either one of them since. Well, he lies to yep. them at first because he's afraid they're just yeah. going to arrest him. Yeah, and he tells oh, I'm, them, I'm Mary's only, you know, help. <laughs> yeah, like basically the, her only source of food is him being out on the street and working. And even though he himself is in the soup line, he's trying just to not get arrested. And then yeah. when they basically tell him as long as he talks, they're not going to arrest him. Then he tells them the truth finally that you just said. Yeah. So, uh, then we cut to the Ripper kills another woman. Uh, we're having the autopsy of that woman. Uh, we find out Lurch has been released by the cops. And the cops go through the victim stuff, find out she went to, like, a, find, uh, went to a, a pawn shop. And then they find out her name. It's not Mary, so they kind of have to move on. Uh, and visits, uh, Kitty, who's the lady's name, uh... She gives a, Kitty tells her a very sad story. She had a fiance, uh, and then the fiance found out about what Kitty had to do in her past to make money, which is probably sell herself. Um, and it caused him, you know, made him leave and leave her and then kill himself. So they found his body in the river. How fragile is your ego to know that yours is not the first dick to get there? Yeah, it's sad. And then to yeah, have to go terrible. kill yourself just based on that alone. Yeah. Ugh, not, not that she was cheating on him the entire time they were yeah. together or anything they, like that. She wasn't. Right. She, she was. She loved him. I mean, she treated him well, and he he just can't handle her past. That's that's fucking that's asshole territory. Yeah, this is all on him. You know. Yeah. And the, the the route that he took to deal with it is just ridiculous as well. I just do not understand. Other than it's just the impetus and an excuse to have the story move forward. Yeah. So. um and says, you know, let, uh, let me help you at least, because uh, you don't have a lot of food. Uh, we'll deliver food to you. And she's like, I'm not a charity case. She goes, if you don't eat, you'll be back at the hospital, and that'll cost us more. Yeah, it's going to be a lot cheaper for us just to feed you to keep yeah. you, you know, getting healthy. Healthy. And she's like, let, and let me get you in the system. So she gets her birth certificate, and she leaves. As Anne leaves, all of a sudden we see someone's following her. She gets scared, and she runs. She hides, and then something falls. And so this person turns around. We're supposed to think it's a ripper and when she gets out all of a sudden it's sir david he's like hey i saw you leaving kitty's place and i thought hey you know and then you were walking so fast and she's like yeah i was scared and he goes oh you 
thought I was the Ripper. That's fucked up. And he goes, that's okay. It's it's what this time has done. We'll go to the hospital, and he walks her back there. His laugh is pretty sus and creepy, though, so now it's our David yeah. starting to really become a fucking suspect at the point. Yes, right. Well, everyone is a suspect, Court. God damn it. <laughs> everyone male over is a suspect. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Particularly the people in the hospital, because I don't think it's yes. any of the cops at this point at all. No, no, because, yeah, it's, it, they, yeah we haven't met a butcher, so it's going to be a, somebody in the hospital. Right, right. Right. And again, with the cops, old cops are bumbling dummies. It's true. So the hell is um, the, the Sir David gets in or uh, the, the uncle. He's listening to this woman. And her, she's dying and Lurch is like, hey, you got to help her. And the uncle's like, nah, she's she's going to die. It's useless. Sir David comes in and Lurch kind of begs him to take a look. He does. And he goes, now nah, I'm going to try to save her while there's still breath in her lungs. It's, it's just better that way. Um. So we see Anne is entering Kitty's info, and her uncle comes in, and we find out Kitty's real name is Mary Clark. Dun, While dun, the dun. uncle gets kind of, he says he wants to quit, and Sir David comes in, he goes, I need to tender my resignation. You saw, he goes, I almost killed that girl, and you saved her, because, yeah, the girl will be, make a, a recovery. And the, and Sir David's like, I don't, you don't have to quit. He goes, take two weeks off. You're just overworked. Take two weeks off, and you'll be fine. So, anyway, uh, we cut to Anne later on going to take food to Miss Kitty, and someone's following her. Uh, as Anne is in Miss Kitty's, like, kitchen area, the we see uh, the Ripper closes the door and it's sir david sir david talks to kitty who's mary clark and says that the guy who she was with that was his son who committed suicide he wants somebody he goes yeah so that's why who he's been targeting he goes who knows how many men other men you know he say he said he saved by killing those other women misogynist yes so he kills, uh, he kills Mary, and Anne kind of hears what's going on, so she barricades the door with a chair so he can't get out, and then she rings a call for help. And Sam hears this, so he goes running in there, uh, and, and so, uh, Sir David's like, oh shit. And so he has to escape out the window, but he leaves his bag behind, he's also covered in blood, um, and he's like, um, so Sam goes to chase after him, he sees the bag, so he knows that who it is, and and Sir David gets back to the hospital. A guard lets him in. He stabs and kills the guard. And then when another doctor comes running out, he slips inside before the doctor sees him. Goes down to the autopsy room. That's why he would be covered in blood and pretends like he's working. Sam and O'Neill get there and they talk into him and they're like, hey. Uh, we they notice blood up. on the door when they go to open the, yeah. hand, the door into the morgue, by the way. Yes, that's right. And they're like, we need you to come up and talk to us. And he's like, fine. And they come up and there's the guy he stabbed and apparently he's gonna pull through and they need him to operate on him well this causes him to freak so he of course runs away uh gets into the elevator and goes down and so the guys go down the stairs to chase him and uh what he does is kind of genius he hides in the elevator shaft ingenious now maybe that's so much later as everyone's like looking trying to find him two orderlies take the guard he actually is dead they're like i don't know why they wanted him up there instead of autopsy so they start taking the elevator down he's telling them to stop they don't hear him and he gets crushed by the elevator sir david does you see the blood come through the floorboards i love Um, how he gets trapped in there because a cop lights a cigarette and yes and then closes it shut yeah by accident he just basically like lighting the striking the match off the door makes that little latch thing fall down and close it because once again old cops are bumbling dummies yeah yeah i was about to tell you to play that uh <laughs> 
So anyway, later on, Anne, Sam, and O'Neill are talking. And he's like, well, we can never, we think it was him, but we can now never prove it. So it'll just be a case that will remain, that will just stay closed and that's, but not solved. And so Sam takes Anne home. The case is closed. Roll credits. I do like how long they prolong the elevator smashing the guy and how you get to watch his panic. This is very much the you've done wrong and you don't get to get away with it. Your karma just come upon you yeah. know, just desserts oh, kind yeah. of thing just it's, happens. It's, it's it's a great suspenseful scene. Oh, like, they, it yeah, lasts like, forever. And it's it lasts for it's just oh it's gotta be terrifying but you you earn but you then you're like oh god this is terrible but then you're like but fuck you 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 earned this <laughs> there's been a couple of different um fingers pointed at a couple of different folks for who jack the ripper might have actually been it yeah. all seems to be someone that was in the aristocrat upper crusty world this uh version of it is sort of an amalgamation of a couple of different character or people like actual people that were suspected of being a possible jack the ripper but they could never prove it and they were all somehow the aristocrat upper crusty Londoners that basically were the, the belief to be the Jack the Ripper. Uh, there were some thoughts that it was someone who was suffering from syphilis that made them mad as shit and that they got it from going out and tagging prostitutes all over Whitechapel before yeah. they started ripping them up because of the madness of the syphilis and then also a revenge for getting the syphilis there was, yes. was the thought. And that was a very specific aristocratic person because there was talk about how um, he smelled of apricots when some people would come across jack but he wouldn't attack them oh okay and there was some belief that it might have been arsenic that was being used to treat the syphilis in the time frame something along those lines Uh, there was some belief that it was the guy that ran like a volunteer hospital like this that uh you know the aristocratic upper crusty people would be running to try and give back to the small communities and stuff yeah and it would be somebody like this sir david that is the doctor you know there were some thoughts about that as well i can't remember all of the various suspects but what this does hit and does handle really well is the panic in the streets and the general atmosphere of crippling fear that Jack the Ripper left Whitechapel in London with in the time frame that he existed and did his thing until he just disappeared, which is essentially what happened. Nobody really knows who he really is, although a lot of people have their own suspicions and every fucking web sleuth out there will probably tell you who they think it is and give you a bunch of different conspiracy theories as to how it all lays out to that. But the pure fact of the matter is it was never enough to actually prove that anybody did it. So that Jack the Ripper ever act like actually just stopped or was the guy that died of syphilis around that time and that's why Jack stopped or was the doctor who didn't get crushed by an elevator as far as I know but you know just disappeared as well (laughs) yeah but yeah maybe he was caught for another crime yeah either way no matter how you stack it up this is a pretty decent adaptation of the Jack the Ripper story Uh, it's very well done it does focus in on the dramatic story of the victims that not necessarily were the victims being killed but the people that were left behind and living in panic and fear and never knowing what was going to happen next because of this monster slashing and destroying the bodies of women you know every night pretty much yeah right but uh jesus christ yeah i mean you think about it something that's lasted this long as a it's kind of a horror tale to be told something pretty prolific in that kind of the first documented serial killer i mean yeah really um or at least the one in the modern age that a lot of people will reference back to as the very first one yeah exactly but whoo 
I mean, what a story to be told. And yeah, this movie told it really well. Yeah. I mean, before this time frame, it was believed that a serial killer like this was a werewolf or a vampire and that children should stay out of the woods because that's where they would find them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Now we see that it doesn't need to be in the woods. You can be terrified on the streets of Whitechapel. And it's not supernatural. It's just a maniac. Yeah, just a maniac coming to get you. Which in that day and age, I'm sure, was so much worse to them. Yes, probably. Because, Jesus Christ, nobody wanted to die. (laughs) Yeah, best film we've done in the last four weeks, for sure, at least. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah, best best film, yes, that we have done in a while. So, (laughs) very thankful for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Really well done. Really well put together. Quick 84 minutes. You're in and out like i said the pace is a little bit slow and deliberate you have to really pay attention and really put some work in to enjoy the film it's not going to be like a fully easy watch but i think it's a very rewarding one yes i think so well there we go next week we're going to be doing a star wars knockoff film (laughs) so matt will be extremely happy to be doing the notes about a star wars knockoff film motherfucker (laughs) but until then we're going to take a little break here going to play the music of the fuzz tones with their song Jack the Ripper. When we come back, we're going to do some PSYOP news. fits pretty well except for the streets of Hollywood I'm not sure what they're doing there but again people just change things to fit them for their song so fit their own narrative (laughs) well why don't we give people our own narrative with some psyop news Pete. Our man Pete from the Good Beer Bad Movie Night podcast. Women hospitalized for three days after dog pooped in her mouth. <laughs> okay, so someone watched John Waters uh, Pink Flamingos and thought, I'm going to do that. Well, a woman taking a nap with her mouth open ended up in a hospital for three days after her daughter's dog took a poop in her mouth. That or Amanda Gomo and her daughter were looking after their chihuahua named Belle, who was suffering from gastrointestinal distress when the incident occurred. Uh, Christ, let's stated, go look some assholes. She stated she was having her afternoon nap with Belle, like she always did, when suddenly it felt like something was squirting in her mouth. Oh, uh, God. Yep. She she rushed to the bathroom, and her son was in the shower, so before I washed it out, I had time to take a quick snap. Oh. Gross. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Yeah, there's a picture of her. 
oh, so it was disgusting. The and Christian was, agenda right down your fucking throat. Speaking of diarrhea. And, yeah, right. It was disgusting, and uh, she was hurling vomit, uh, violently for hours afterwards, she added. she Maybe if you just, didn't stop to take a fucking photo and got it out of there right away. Everything's got to be online nowadays, Court. Don't you understand? If you don't grab it, it didn't happen. Apparently, fuck. Yeah. Uh, she just couldn't get the taste out of her mouth, she said. You want to do a little uh, ass play? The, the experience, of course, was not pleasant. Very few people wish to be woken up to canine defecation. However, Gomo's ordeal was only just the beginning. After a few you, hours of vomiting and diarrhea, the family called an ambulance for Gomo. Paramedics advised her... You gotta have it now. Paramedics advised her to drink plenty of fluids. Of the haven't been through a dog variety. But her symptoms, including painful cramps all over her body, continued to get worse. Booty juice gotta have it now. Eventually, she was transferred to the hospital where she was kept on a drip for three days while she dealt with the infect with the infection plus dehydration resulting from vomiting and diarrhea so whatever yeah. it was that was making the dog sick got transferred to her when the dog had a diuretic episode into her mouth which might or might not have been able to have been avoided had she taken the time to wash it out and spit it out and get it out faster than just instagramming the fact that she got shit in her mouth well much like what you're just saying the culprit for her infection was pretty easily identified when a dog with diarrhea poops in your mouth and then you develop diarrhea it's not exactly time to call dr house to clear up this unsolvable medical mystery uh her discharge note said that she had suffered from gastrointestinal infection caused by a dog defecating in her mouth uh something the doctors had never witnessed before uh, i would hope so so <laughs> there you go yeah that um oof, don't don't sleep around a dog man i don't i don't know <laughs> Don't let the ass cannon be pointed at your mouth if you know the dog's got diarrhea because you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Booty juice got to have it now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's the leading cause of gorch rot, by the way. Gorch rot is uh, uh, booty juice or <laughs> dogs pooping in your mouth? All of the above, sir. Well, well, all of it? As nice. as reference to you this last week, when you have the option to choose all of the above, you choose it. Yeah, that's true. You do choose all of the above. If it's there, it's there for a reason. Folks. Unless none of the above is there for a reason, then you really have to think about it. Yeah, well, none of the above. Uh, you see, it's that one too. That's professors and test makers trying to be nice to you. It's 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 like a freebie. Yeah, but if it's all of the above, none of the above, and it's A, B, and C is your option, then you really don't know what to do. Yeah, no, then you're fucked. And that whoever made that test has no soul. Especially if they start giving you A and B or B and C or A and C options on top of that, with all of the above, none of the above. Yeah, pretty and, much. And they're really fucking with you, just like I'm fucking with you. Yeah. <laughs> We just went over an hour. Let's do one more story and we'll call it a fucking day. All right. Let's uh, hear this one uh, I found. So it's me. <laughs> Hooray for Matt. And he's expecting this because I keep letting that be uh, the clip that our man in the field, Robert, gets as well. Yeah. He must have an incredibly long penis. And uh, that's also not the case, folks. No, those that's lies. <laughs> but speaking of which, 50 Cent deserves justice for penis enhancement claims. Wait, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, this, uh, comes from, uh, here, hold on. This comes from the advocatedaily.com. So, uh, did you hear that 50 Cent is suing a Miami doctor for penis enhancement, uh, claims? It may be difficult for regular people to sympathize at any level with wealthy celebrities these days. Did he stick the needle down his pee hole? But it's hard not to feel bad for rapper Curtis Jackson, also known as 50 Cent, who claims he was duped into becoming a, a winning face of an ad campaign for a plastic surgery clinic in Florida. In a lawsuit filed in the state, uh, on September 16th, Jackson claims he was horrified to 
to find that a picture he posed for 2020 with what he thought was a fan was being used by the owner of the clinic to advertise its services, including penis enlargement surgery. It's going to cost you some serious cock. Should have got free penis enlargement to be part of that. Right. To make matters worse, Jackson alleges the clinic's owner, Angela Kogan, shockingly claimed that he was a client that had undergone a penis Mostly because I procedure put my penis inside of you bareback. At her perfection plastic surgery Shut and up. Are you talking spa about clinic in Miami. Shut up. Are you talking about penises? I am. Jackson is now suing Kogan and Med Spa for violating his publicity rights by using his image without permission in the spa's social media advertising on Instagram and elsewhere. But I got Botox social... in my scrotum. But before social media even existed, a long list of celebrities had to go to court over misappropriation of their images and likeness by companies big and small. For instance, basketball legend Michael Jordan had to sue two companies who had taken out advertisements in the Sports Illustrated commemorative issue celebrating his induction into the Basketball Hall of Fame. The ads clearly tried to cash in on his image by associating him with their brands, yet they hadn't even ask for permission. All kinds of things you don't want on your day. Right? And there's even the picture of him with the lady. And yeah, man, I, I don't know. Um, uh, I'm taking another dick. One company, a supermarket chain, was found to have violated its own policy by not clearing the ad with its legal team before it was published. A jury eventually awarded Jordan nearly $9 million, which he reportedly donated to several charities in Chicago, and the other case was settled following a ruling by a federal appeals court. Other cases, though, aren't as cut and dry as Jordan's lawsuits, and those instances relatively small companies that could never have afforded to ink a deal with a celebrity of his stature tried to sneakily tie their brands to his name by taking out an ad on a magazine dedicated to him and his accomplishments. But other famous people have had to deal with big brands using lookalikes and commercials advertising a a not-so-subtle tactic to associate a celebrity with their products without having to compensate them or ask for permission. Talk show great Johnny Carson once had to go to court against a company called Here's Johnny Portable Toilets. Soccer great soccer great uh, Peel sued uh, Samsung after the company reportedly backed out of an endorsement at the 11th hour only to turn around and use a peel doppelganger in a commercial so yeah so apparently uh yeah they just used his uh his fucking his image and there you go i hooked up with a bad boy i started doing drugs after that what did i say that i hooked up with a bad boy i started doing drugs after that it's two different clips from two different time frames they just work that's, so well together that's great stuff because <laughs> i like abuse and free drugs <laughs> oh well that that is true so apparently in my life i do like abuse and i know i like free drugs <laughs> man we're only at 105 can we just do one more would that be all right yeah all right yeah cool. let's see uh god doesn't see when you do anal news at 11 uh this one comes from uh christopher would that be our time shifting orphan christopher yes nine-year-old finds three foot long earthworm in his backyard <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. It's gonna yeah, cost a nine you year some old serious cock. Nine uh motherfucker. Nine year old Barnaby uh Dumagon was playing in his family backyard in uh Christchurch, New Zealand. Of course it's New Zealand, when he noticed something bobbing in the water of a nearby riverbed. He grabbed a stick, fished it out, and discovered it was a three foot long dead earthworm. Reports oh, Radio News Zeal- Radio New Zealand. Oh my god. <laughs> Is this killing your phone? Yeah, it's 
fucking just cancer on mobile. MacGyver ain't got shit on me. Give me a fucking paper clip, some chewed up bubble gum, and a string. I'll get whatever dildo you need out of you. Or three foot earthworm out of the earth. He, he couldn't believe his eyes, he tells RNZ, adding that he named the creature Dead Fred. <laughs> uh, he, he, th- he goes, uh, he thought it was massive and amazing and a little bit disgusting, he told Liz McDonald from Stuff. Dominican's mother, Joe, tells RNZ, uh, uh okay, so. Direction right now. Dominican's mother, Joe, tells RNZ her son was pretty delighted to find it. For her part, she thought it, the worm looked, uh, unappealing and a bit bloated. Thankfully, she was at work, uh, thankfully I was at work when said worm was found because, oh my word, how disgusting, she tells the publication. We've had some big worms here in the past, but nothing like that guy. He's outrageous. This is like though, traces of death fucked a porno. Uh, though the massive worm looks a bit like a creature from the Black Lagoon, it's actually likely to be a native earthworm species, says John Maris, curator of the entomology research collection at Lincoln University in New Zealand to stuff. It's a baby are, graboid is what it is. Yeah, right. There are some very large native earthworms known. Uh, uh, known. A meter isn't beyond the borders of reason, he tells the publication. Still, he says it's uncommon to find uh, a giant earthworm in a garden. They usually live in undisturbed areas like forests. Among New Zealand's more than 200 earthworm species, the largest is a rarely seen creature called the North Uckland worm, uh, which grows to be almost five feet long. In all, more than 7,000 earthworm species exist in moist soils across all continents, except for Antarctica. The invertebrates are important decomposers of organic matter and help improve soil health by promoting aeration and recycle nutrients. Ooh, is that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum? So there you go. You get to you learn something today. Science. So that three-foot earthworm was screaming at the kid as he's being pulled out of the ground? Yeah, fine. Go ahead. Aerate your own lawn. What do I care? Yeah. Fuck you. I was just keeping the fucking goddamn mother nature working but fuck me too huh (laughs) oh yeah you're fuck matt fuck you matt hey fuck you watching ladies cut dudes into shreds is a thing i'm into (laughs) is that what you're yeah (laughs) that is something you're into i think it's something we're all into (laughs) it's just that it's destroying my bloodshed boner okay No, nothing destroys your bloodshed boner, except for peace. Your bloodshed boner lasts more than four hours. You really should. That's a proprietism, man. That's Uh, bad. (laughs) And on that note, we're going to go ahead and end this show. The third song of the night is going to be from Lord I, or Lordy, depending upon how you want to pronounce it. And it's Blood Ran Said Man, right after this. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. 
horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. Red Salmon. If you listen close enough to the lyrics, you pretty much get all the stuff that makes a reference to Jack the Ripper, where big leather apron, one smiling Jack, all things that they were referred to as in the papers with uh, Jack the Ripper. Everybody had their own little special name for him, and he was, like we said, pretty much the first uh, modern serial killer that we know of nowadays, and that's why he has this lasting influence on pop culture. Yeah, this following that could be somewhat disturbing, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and listening to some of the songs you're like man are you celebrating what this guy did because it sure sounds like you're trying to celebrate what this guy did yeah it doesn't sound good (laughs) this is not a good look for us and what we're trying to be for inclusive and like say hey no violence towards women please come on yeah 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 but but then you know no violence towards women says the people walking around with fucking uh uh Oh, fuck, Gary. Well, there went that joke. Never fucking mind. Uh, <laughs> Says the people walking around and covering slasher movies constantly on their show, as well as having um, the planned episode coming up at 375 that we're going to have to deal with, which is going to be really hard for Matt to get through. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, we only got one episode away, but before that, we're going to be definitely covering a Star Wars knockoff movie. Motherfucker, you keep adding that last part. <laughs> <laughs> well, I promised you that eventually we would do Star Wars knockoff movies. Motherfucker! <laughs> Pissing me off. <laughs> if you'd like to find all the previous instances on the 372 previous weeks that I have pissed Matt off, you can find that at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. They are well documented. <laughs> There's also instances in the previous 372 episodes where Matt has pissed me off. That is very well documented. <laughs> if you'd like to find specific instances of episodes, you can reach out to me in our Legion Discord chat. I'll try and direct you to certain episodes, but at this point it's all getting a bit mushy and fuzzy because we've 
done 372 previous ones. Yeah, man, my brain is just mush at this point. I mean, it was mush when we started this, so yeah, I'm definitely not going to know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Covering a movie that was as good as Jack the Ripper has solidified mine at least a little bit this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a little better today than, than the last couple weeks. <laughs> we'll see how you uh, feel after you cover your very first movie that is a Star Wars knockoff on the show. <laughs> Motherfucker, get me all fucking worked up. <laughs> What's wrong with fucking, why can't we just watch Star Wars, goddammit? Because <laughs> we have to do this film, which is a Star Wars knockoff movie. What? Motherfucker. You'd, <laughs> suffer. You'd like to find some Star Wars knockoff memes. We have those available <laughs> at our Instagram feed, cinema underscore psyops, <laughs> which then those Star Wars knockoff memes are then sent to our Facebook page, Cinema Psyops, and our Facebook group, Cinema Psyops, all named aptly for a show that is named Cinema Psyops. Yeah. I also share that to my main feed of Court Psyops, where all of our various memes, even including the ones that are Star Wars knockoffs, <laughs> are available there as well. <laughs> Knock off. <laughs> if you'd like to email feedback to Court and tell him that the best thing for Matt to cover from Star Wars would be the holiday special, you can write that up at cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Oh, well, I'll cover a holiday special, motherfucker. <laughs> Until then, you're going to be sitting out there wondering just what the fuck Star Wars knockoff movie we're going to be covering. So kick the fuck out of this weekend. Make it your bitch. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, just fine. Cool. Can you hear this? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And once again, no clips because you're in the bedroom again. Uh, yeah. Um, now because you're out of town, I'm actually in the living room. <laughs> but yes, and also no clips because it was all in French. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you recording on your side yet? Oh, not yet. Uh, now I am. Uh, one, two, three. Everything's coming through correctly. Okay. Well, hopefully you're not feeling like phoning it in this week with this movie because we actually had a decent movie this week. We got a very decent movie this week. <laughs> Good. So you're, you'll you'll have a little bit more fun with you this yes. time. I think the yes. movies have been basically what have been really the worst right now. <laughs> they, they have not been good. <laughs> it's been rough to get through. So, all right, you're yep. recording on your side. And yep. um, all right, let's roll into this because I'm delaying my lunch and I'm really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the killer, uh, the, or Sir David meets with... Nice Freudian slip there that I'm going to have to ex excise to the outtakes so that we don't give away the spoiler there. I know, right? Well, I mean, but that's what he said. No, no, I know, but like the the stumble that you did that was by accident was also a spoiler that I'll have to move. Uh, oh, oh, the surgeon, yeah, doctor thing, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You you know what you did. We can move on. I don't know what's happening. Um, <laughs> it's fine, Matt. It's fine. We can move on. <laughs>
Can we just do one more? Would that be all right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, cool. let's see here. Let's see what I can find. Buddy in the group. I know. I'm looking for it. Where I found the poop one. <laughs> you know, Pete's going to be like, why am I the only one you don't play that clip for? Well, here you go. He must have an incredibly long penis. Yeah, it's for you, Pete. Uh, have to find something different for whenever ladies actually give us psyop news you use. Yeah, right. Yeah, use the same. Would that be our time-shifting orphan, Christopher? Yes. He must have an incredibly long penis. I'm just handing that out to everybody now, apparently. Yeah. Holy shit. All right, Christopher, I'm going to tell you one thing, though. When you do some of these, make sure they're not cancer on mobile, all right? Um... then you're gonna be sitting out there wondering just what the fuck star wars knockoff movie we're gonna be covering so kick the fuck out of this weekend make it your bitch <laughs> well done and i have finished recording myself